four score and seven years ago. All we have to fear is fear itself. Ask not what you can, your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream. Remember this one, Mr. Gorbachev? Tear down that wall. See, these are words that have helped to change the world. Will you marry me? So, I can now the next one I can't say, I want a divorce. I love you. I hate you. I'm so proud of you. You're such a disappointment. It's a boy. It's a girl. It's stage four. If you've heard these words, they've changed your life. I am the author and perfecter of your faith. I will never leave nor forsake you. You can do nothing that will separate me from my love for you. These are the words of Jesus. And when you believe these words, they will not only change you, they will change who you are. Let's pray. Father God, I ask you to convey your heart and soul on the power of words. We trust that your word is perfect and complete. We need your word to become our words. And Lord, I ask just for these simple words. I ask you to bless Dale today. Bless his birth, his date of birth today. Bless our brother in his healing, in his recovery. Bless his family as they love him and honor him. And Lord, we just ask you to bring him back to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's open our Bibles to James chapter 3 or open your Bible app if you have one. There are Bibles here in the pews. If you don't have a Bible that you own, we, we invite you to take that one with you. It's our gift. As we move through this discussion, I hope you realize that I cannot know what words to use if I don't know the word. Let's start off right from the beginning, James chapter three, verse one. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How many of you knew we were going to be talking about James 3 today? See, that's why the rest of y'all showed up, because you didn't know we were going to be talking about James 3 today. 
But I, but I want to say to you that the more I studied and prayed through this, my natural inclination is to say, oh, James 3, as Todd would say, we're going to step on somebody's toes this morning. But I want to say to you that James 3 is an invitation to power as well. It is not just a condemnation. It's a revelation of to the power of the tongue. It's just a question of how we use it. So this, these verses begin with an encouragement that the tongue is a small member, but it boasts of many great things. It's like a small rudder to the ship that drives this huge ship. It's just wherever the pilot directs it. That's the picture James wants us to have of the power of the tongue. It also says that if I can gain power over my tongue, I can, self, I can control anything about me. Have you ever thought of that? If I can control my tongue, I can handle my choices and my decisions and my actions. That if I can, if I can nail that one, everything else is gonna look different. On a personal note, I've noticed for the last 40 years of, of dieting and trying to ride the ups and downs of my love of food, my idolship of food, it's interesting that when I can control my tongue with food, it's amazing how the rest of my life seems to be in more in order. It's, an, it's another power of the tongue. It's not about communication, but those little taste buds can drive the train. I asked my wife yesterday, what's the leading cause of, of, of diabetes? The tongue. See, some of y'all didn't get that one, so. So how many of you thought you were gonna get beat up today? As soon as you heard James chapter three. We know Pam did, because she, bless God, thank you for coming, Pam, because... Because this is Pam's favorite and, and least favorite scripture. <laughs> Just remember, as we're going through this, whenever God gives us powerful correction, he also gives us powerful encouragement. Correction and warnings are never condemnations. Unless we're going to stay there, it becomes a condemnation. But this is an invitation that we can change. So here's what we know so far. The tongue has power. Well, that's a great place to start. So now he's going to give us some more instructions. Let's go to the next verse, 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 seven, verse 6. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who were made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Okay, so there's the ouch. A deadly poison. Have you ever heard that expression, salty tongue? That's kind of an old expression, salty tongue. I used to have a salty tongue. I grew up in working in kitchens and, and some of my family members who will remain nameless 
had, a little, had some salty tongue as well. When you're in that environment, you begin to think that that's the only way you can talk and communicate. That's the only way you can be heard. Salty tongue, using cursing and, and sarcasm. The truth is, I look back on that time in my life, not that it still can happen, but I just want to find a way to be heard. It turns out when I changed my language, more people were willing to listen to me. So if you've got a salty tongue that curses and, and tries to grab attention, consider that you may be heard if you speak less with more encouraging words. Now we know that the tongue has power. Have you ever said something and watched another human being be devastated? Have you ever said something to a child or to, to another adult where your words just killed them? I'm gonna raise my hand on that. There's three of us here. Thank you for your honesty. See, I'm not, I'm not looking to make anybody feel bad. You just need to recognize the power you've been given as a gift of God. It's just a question of how we're going to use it. The tongue has the power to kill. It can kill other people. It can also kill you. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, you have heard that it was said in days of old that you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. See, unbiblical self-talk, how you talk to yourself and how you talk to other people can kill you. What is Pastor Eric's favorite, one of his favorite questions? When life pushes you, whatever comes out of you is what you're full of. If somebody else pushes you, whatever comes out of you is what you're full of. It's either grace or lack of grace. Here's one that'll kill you. Woman, I'm a grown at, see y'all thought I was gonna say it, didn't you? (laughs) See, I got my tongue but trying to make a point, trying to promote yourself. I asked a client one time, what's what's the biggest message you got out of childhood? Is there a theme? Yeah, the theme was I'm a piece of crap. That's all I've ever heard, and that's all I've ever known. See, somebody else's talk became their self-talk, and it was killing them. Praise God, they they know the truth now. So it has the power to kill, but here's some good news. The tongue also has the power to heal. Have you ever said a kind word to somebody and make them cry? If you haven't, you should try it. It's really cool. When you hit them on a bad day and you just tell them how amazing they are, and you know the best time to do it Oh, this is awesome. When they really screw up. When they've done something that you just can't believe anybody would do that. Go speak a word of encouragement into them. Blow up some life into them and watch what happens. I promise you, other people or themselves are probably already beating themselves up enough. You might be the life that comes to the party that actually springs forth new fruit. 
I'm not saying we shouldn't offer correction where it's needed. That's godly too. But if you look around and somebody's already, already dying and they already feel bad, you don't necessarily have to jump into the pit. Your encouragement reaches down and brings them out of the pit so they can begin to change. I believe that's how true change occurs. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. I've seen it in this church. When our sister Grace said she loves this church, his family, we have seen God use people in this church to lift up one another when you are in a bad place. I think it's one of the most powerful purposes of the church, to be an encouragement. Now, James 5 also says, confess your sins, therefore, one to another, that you may be healed. For the prayer of a righteous man avails much. Confessing to another human being, not as a priest in a priestly role toward forgiveness of sins, but as an, as an exhale to God asking for forgiveness while another person joins you in the battle. See, if you receive forgiveness of sins from somebody else, if you receive that confession, that is a sacred honor. Don't use it to beat them up. Use it to join them so you both can get out of the pit and walk together. So when you have a chance to beat somebody up because they've messed up, what generally comes out of you? Is it condemnation or is it encouragement? You can make that change at 11 o'clock this morning. You can decide, I'm gonna be an instrument of, of, of encouragement, not of condemnation. And yes, you're gonna mess up. You're gonna lose your cool. Somebody who you just expected would never do something, they're gonna mess, mess you up. Ask forgiveness, ask God's strength, get back up on the horse and start riding again. Everybody's gonna let us down. We're human, amen? But you're, you're, you may be the opportunity to breathe life into somebody who is otherwise dead. And God wants you to be that instrument. There's one more. The tongue has a power to kill, the power to heal, but it also has a power to save. Romans 10.8 says, the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, there's a believing and there's a confessing in that. For with the, with the heart, one believes and is justified and with the mouth, one confess, confesses and is saved. Remember a few years ago, the talk of this country and, and all the world was we were looking for weapons of mass destruction. Remember that term, mass destruction? I could have raised my hand. I carry with me a weapon of mass destruction. The good news is the most powerful weapon of destruction in this dark age is still the gospel. If you're a believer, you carry the hope of Jesus on your tongue the ability to speak life into somebody when they're down, to speak life when they're potentially dead and blind in their trespasses. I don't wanna, I don't wanna put you all to sleep with a, just this notion, okay, my tongue is bad, I gotta do it for good. 
Do you realize what you can do for good with your tongue? You have, a, you have a sphere of influence around you. These are people God has put in your stead. He has ordained that there are people around you that you can either bless or curse. Frankly, it usually starts with family and they're the hardest. Amen, can I get an amen on that? The family, that's the testing ground, isn't it? This chapter can leave us kind of overwhelmed with okay, I know the tongue's powerful, but I don't even know what to do with it. I don't know where to start. So I can use it for his glory or for my destructive tendencies, whichever, whatever mood I'm in. So then he finishes this chapter with, with how, what do we do with all this? Verse 13, now he shows us where wisdom comes from because you can't use your tongue well if you don't have wisdom. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast. Do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. See, wisdom comes from God alone. I don't stand before you because I have wisdom. Pastor Eric and Todd and Pastor Austin, they're not here because they have wisdom. It's because they know where wisdom comes from. And they've been called by God to share his wisdom, not their wisdom. You have his wisdom, folks. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He resides in you in the Holy Spirit. As you yield to him, he can take you over. The scripture in Romans says it literally that we have it at the tip of our tongues. The, the power of God is at the tip of our tongue. You want some wisdom? Here's a couple. And by the way, I'm gonna ask Donna to send this out this week. It's a book called War of Words, and it's both incriminating and encouraging both. <laughs> but it's by Paul David Tripp. It has excellent resource for trying to help me curb my tongue. Here's some wisdom from God. If you've been, if you've been trapped by what you've said, ensnared by the words of your mouth, then do this, my son, to free yourself. Go and humble yourself. Press your plea with your neighbor. A perverse man stirs up dissension and a gossip separates close friends. <laughs> Powerful tongue right there. How about this one? Do you see a man who speaks in haste? There's more hope for a fool than for him. If you want wisdom, check out Proverbs. A quarrelsome wife is like a dripping, uh-oh. A quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping on a rainy day. Restraining her is like restraining the wind or grasping oil with the hand. Honey, I didn't write that, okay? <laughs> Solomon had like 700 wives. There was apparently little issues going on with him. So that, I did, that, that was his words, okay? 
In the abundance of words, sin is unavoidable. But he who holds his tongue is wise. See, I should have read that one before I read the last one. See, sometimes wisdom is just not saying what's on your mind. As we close, we heard in the beginning that this scripture was for teachers. Now, maybe some of y'all kind of checked out as soon as he said, for we who are teachers are going to be held more, more liable, right? Okay, so I ask you, are you a parent, a grandparent? Is there anyone within your sphere of influence who looks to you for instruction? Do you have people at work that you oversee? Do you share your opinion on social media? I really want to see a hands on that one. Does anybody share their opinion on social media? My goodness, come on folks. I only, I'm only on it like once, Facebook like once a blue moon, but I share my opinion on social media. Well, you all walking in some holy ground. I appreciate that. I only say that because I want you to realize when you step into that role, you then qualify as a teacher because you're attempting to share your thoughts with somebody else in hopes that you'll influence how they think. That doesn't make you a qualified teacher, but it, it doesn't make you a qualified teacher, but it does put you in the role of being a teacher. So the, this, this teaching is also for you. Last thing, if you consider yourself to be a Christian, a disciple of Jesus Christ, you automatically are in the role of a teacher. How you respond to things, how you think through things, other people are watching. You are the light into a dark world. Some of you are doing that really well, and the rest of us are still a work in progress. But you are a teacher to somebody who's watching you. Essentially, you're a walking billboard for Jesus Christ. Now, that's kind of a scary thought. But I want you guys to be encouraged this morning. You carry with you a powerful instrument of healing. It can also be a powerful instrument of death. But if you wield it well, you may even see others saved through your application. So as we close, I, want, I would like you to close your eyes as we pray. And if you don't remember anything else I've said this morning, I'm gonna ask you to remember this principle of the tongue. For if I speak with the tongue and of men and of angels and have not love, I'm a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If I understand all mysteries and have all knowledge and even know all prophecies and if I have all faith even as to move mountains and have not love, I am nothing. So Father, we come to you this morning just overwhelmed by the power that you have bestowed upon us and we ask you, Lord, where we have used that to hurt people, we just ask you for forgiveness. We ask you to, just to clean our hearts and our slate right now. 
Father, we want to use our tongues to bless you and to bless others and to bring life where there's death and to bring light into the darkness. Lord, would you use my tongue as an instrument of glory on your behalf? Father, we love you and we know, we acknowledge we cannot do this apart from the work of your spirit. So, Holy Spirit, we ask you to fill us now with greater wisdom and and greater intention. We wanna take hold of this opportunity to never be the same, to never be the same after this. Help us to use our tongues as an overflow of our saved and rejuvenated heart. All this, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Shut me off. We're going to ask you as we come to communion this morning, maybe consider hitting a reset with your language, with how you speak to everybody. It's, an, it's a beautiful opportunity to share love. So as you come forth, rejoice also in that Jesus has died so that you would have new life. And he would give you victory over the tongue, which no man can tame through his own sheer will. We also ask you to consider for those regular attenders uh, to give back a portion of what God has given you. So come now and receive.